Christy. Aloha, hello. We have to start over. <laughs> We've done a something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's here's the thing, uh, listeners. We actually did record. Uh, I think at the end of last year, at the end of 2017, uh, we actually did record the episode that you're about to hear. But at some point during the editing process, the, the Audacity file just got completely fucked up beyond my ability to retrieve it. So we're doing it again. And rather than pretend and lie to you and act like this was all entirely new information to both of us, we're just gonna we're just gonna recommend again the things that we recommended and have already, you know, experienced. <laughs> I know exactly what Christy's about to recommend to me. I know it. I know it intimately now, but this this is mostly for your benefit. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um. So I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> so brace yourself, Christy. Oh yeah. Um, I wonder. <laughs> uh, what I've recommended for Christy uh, is a book. It's called Heart of the Steel by Avon Gale and Rowan Parrish. It's a uh, romance novel starring two gentleman characters who have a bit of an old romance together. The, the two main characters are William Fox, who's a guy who works for the FBI Art Crimes Division. What a name. Um, yeah. So he's <laughs> he's like, I, I understand you are probably, you know, will have the urge to chime in with stuff that you know now from reading I the know, book. I know, actually. I'm just going to sit here. I'm just sitting here. Please I'm suppress that urge. I'm sorry. We have a whole other episode to do after this. <laughs> it's true. Um, Go on. <laughs> so uh, William Fox, he works for the Art Crimes Division. Uh, the FBI, uh, his sister runs a party planning, like an event planning business, and uh, one evening she ropes him in to attend uh, one of the gatherings that she's planning and uh, sort of executing, because uh, he's a bit of a workaholic, doesn't really have a life outside of his work, and she's trying to like bring him out of his shell a little bit. Um, while he's at the party, he meets a guy called Amory Vaughan, who is a kind of, he's like a sort of wealthy philanthropist type who does a lot sort of involved with the art world sort of through the brownian motion of parties happening uh will and this guy amory they end up at the in the host's little art gallery section in his house and they sort of talk about a painting that he's got and they kind of sort of bitch about it a little bit because the sailor the guy like he's hung it in the wrong place and it's it's lit wrong and they basically view where he's put it in his house as a kind of you know artistic aesthetic affront to the painting um and then sort of pretty much before he quite knows what's going on, uh, Will has uh, made out with Amory. Uh, Amory has performed oral sex on him and then left <laughs> in this dude's house with people around, but not then. And he's like, okay. Um, so sort of the party winds down, you know, he goes home and uh, I don't know if it's the next day or the next like couple of days after that, uh, he gets a delivery at his house and it's the painting that him and this guy had been talking about. Uh, and it sort of transpires that uh, Amory Vaughan, despite being, you know, your wealthy philanthropist type, is also an art thief. And he's like bro- broken into this dude's house, stolen his painting and given it to Will because he doesn't realise that Will is the Fed. Yeah. <laughs> you think you, that's probably the sort of, I mean, if I was going to steal a painting and give it to someone anonymously, that's the kind of thing I'd find out first. You know, he, sort of, he returns the painting uh, without the guy who's painting it was even knowing sort of ghost he kind of he goes to arrest amory or at least give him a talking to but they kind of end up doing it again and they sort of you know it's all about them embarking on you know it's like two very different people embarking on uh, a relationship that's romantic in nature with each other and sort of learning each other's likes and dislikes and past you know past history and 
um, criminal proclivities, <laughs> I guess. It sounds um, very interesting. <laughs> Christy, you're patronising both me and the listeners, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I just want to talk about it already. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm trying to just sit here. <laughs> okay. Yes, um, I'm sorry. So yeah, I got into, I got back into reading last year. I hadn't been able to for a variety of reasons uh, in my personal life, but last year was the year that sort of halfway through I sort of realised I had the wherewithal to start reading again. So I sort of threw myself into it and started reading sort of things that I wouldn't have, things that I wouldn't have read before, not because, of, not out of any kind of like snobbery or anything, but stuff that it, it wouldn't have occurred to me to read or like stuff that, you know, because of the internet, because um, sort of previously I'd been working in a bookshop and what I was reading was pretty much limited to that. Stuff that I came across just... At work. Yeah, sort of within the kind of sphere of the UK bookshop and publishing. <laughs> but since, you know, spending like more time online and since joining Twitter and following writers and then sort of seeing the writers that they follow. And it, it's kind of like a Matryoshka doll. Yeah. You follow a writer on Twitter and then you get then you find like all the writers that they follow on Twitter and then you follow all those writers and then you follow those writers and it just keeps going. And there's loads more books and it's brilliant. Um, so uh, I found out about this. Um, some, someone I follow on Twitter uh, retweeted the authors or one of the authors of this book um, tweeting about it and I was like that sounds like my kind of thing so uh, and I'd already at that point I'd already started um, like actively choosing to read romance because because uh, when I was a kid um, I'd spend a lot of time at my grandmother's house and she had lots of Mills and Boone romances <laughs> which if you're in the US the equivalent is like Harlequin Probably romances quite. yeah <laughs> yeah and, and I, you know, it was a kind of like a period when I was a kid where I was literally just reading anything. Like, I read all my mum's um, Agatha Christie's. Like, I started reading uh, Terry Pratchett's Discworld books when I was nine. And, like, a lot of the stuff in that just went, went completely over my head. But <laughs> that meant I had the pleasure of sort of reading. I got to read it for the first time again as an adult. That's some it, of the best you know, ones, though. That's some of the best experiences. That's where you go back and it it's completely different because of how your age. <laughs> yeah. You know more and, now. Um, so I, I started reading uh, romance last year, uh, and a big part of that was um, finding out that there, you know, there is such a there are such a thing as gay romance novels, and I was, which, you know, definitely weren't hanging around in my grandmother's house when I was nine. <laughs> so I kind of started exploring that arm of the publishing world, and um, as a result of you know reading some. Uh, following the authors on Twitter, I found out about this and I read it and it was, you know, it, it was one of those books where I just, I read it cover to cover in one go, which is how I tend to read books. But this was one of those books where I read, you know, I started reading it and then I read it all the way through and I finished the book and I was like, I'm not ready for this to be over. So I just read it again. <laughs> like as soon as I finished it, I was like, and back to the start. It's like, like when you're a kid, like sometimes when you're a kid, you have like a film that's your favorite film and you would watch it on video. And then as soon as it got to the end, you rewind it and then watch it again. Yes. Um, usually to the dismay of anyone else who happened to be in the house <laughs> and was sick of hearing all the songs from Disney's Hercules for the seventh time that day. Yeah. <laughs> I have a bit of that happening in my life now. In reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Reap the whirlwind. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but I, I essentially did the book equivalent of that with this. Uh, and now I'm recommending it to you my friend Christy, who has never heard of this book before, ever. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we just segue into my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's get this done. Tell me what you got. Okay. I'm on tenterhooks. <laughs> I'm suggesting a TV show 
it's a short series. It's only 11 episodes, and that's for real this time. It's not like I'm saying it's 11 and then it's actually 24. I'm never going to live that down. But um, it's called... God, oh, I mean, like, as, as, as in fractions go, that's relatively minor. One, one of our mutual friends once recommended to me a furry comic without telling me that it was pornographic in nature, and I'm still mentioning that to this day. I, you know, I just did it then. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not and now on the that internet level. knows. <laughs> so it's eleven episodes. It's a Japanese drama series, and it's called Antiquarian Bookshop Biblia's Case Files, which is like the longest, kind of most awkward name ever. I just <laughs> refer to it as Case Files in my head, um, or Biblia Case Files. Um, <laughs> but it is a series based on a series of mystery novels, and it's about a woman named Shinakawa who. Um, runs a antique bookshop and people come in and she solves mysteries about books and they're just kind of really fun because these mysteries are sometimes it's about the book itself sometimes it's about someone's relationship to a book or like why they're seeking this particular book um and it's just a really neat little mystery series and i i watched it years ago and even then i was like i know someone who'd really like this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and now I'm sharing it with you as homework, <laughs> mandatory nice. viewing. Um, so, you said I... this had a long title. Um, I understand it's based on um, the novels that it's based on are light novels. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? A light novel with a long title. Hmm, a light novel with a long title. There's seven <laughs> books in this series. It's got like two manga adaptations and there is a new film based on it coming out as well as an, an anime film. Like, it's it's <gasps> very popular. Well, I'll have to see how I find it, and then maybe I'll <laughs> have a look at that other stuff. Yeah, a lot um, of um, publishers are trying to get into the light novel scene, but no one's picked this one up, which I think is kind of interesting since it's it's a really fair, it's a fairly popular <laughs> title um, in Japan. So it's like well known. So I don't know what that's about, but we'll see. I know there's there, this this one for sure has fan translations if you want to read the books. Yeah. Anybody. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in something of a first, uh, the Japanese uh, media that you're recommending to me is not animated. I understand. I think this is the first one for this show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because I know that I I've you know we we have we've together done our fair watched, share. <laughs> yeah, I you know we, we watched most of um, Carmen Rider Deno together. Um, I say most, probably half. <laughs> like, no, we're, of, we're past the halfway point because we hit the film, we've, right? We've watched like 30 episodes and we've seen the first movie, but there's like another 20 odd episodes and like five movies what? to go after that. I thought yeah. it was only 46 oh, no. D- episodes. Isn't this we're, a having a quick, we're having a quick side note about Carmen Rider Denno. Carmen oh, Rider Denno was the Carmen Rider that would not die. Usually it's on for a year and then you get a movie and then occasionally you'll get the writer will have cameos. Like a crossover, in, yeah. In like later movies. Carmen Rider Denno was so popular that they did like a movie a year, like well after <laughs> it was supposed to have finished, just because people loved it so much. Well, that's understandable and I'm excited yeah. for it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is only 11 episodes. Ha! <laughs> When's it? You said it came out a few years ago. When exactly? Uh, 2012. Already, my brain is like that wasn't that long ago, but it, it was. Yeah, it was like what, five years. Yeah, six more. I don't know how numbers work, but you know, I've I've still got that thing where someone says like 1996, and I'm like, oh, that was only a few years ago. Yeah. It's like, 
Oh wait, no, that was <laughs> ever since my kids were born. Oh. I'm like, I'm just I, anytime past my children, I'm like, that's so long ago. <laughs> it's forever. Like it feels like a completely different lifetime for me personally. And like 2012 and 2013 is that time period. So I don't think the show was added to Crunchyroll until like 2013 or 14 because they they tried to beef up their like um, live action drama series for a while. And they haven't bothered recently. <laughs> so th- this is available on the anime streaming service Crunchyroll, as yes. you have stated. So if anyone listening to this, if you have a Crunchyroll account, and I know at least one of you does, <laughs> if you've got a spare, like, 11 hours, I'm assuming <laughs> that the episodes are about an hour long. I think they're about an hour long, yeah. And by assuming, I mean failing to remember. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be kind of an interesting one for me, I think, to watch... A Japanese TV series where at no point someone pulls out like a plastic gadget and turns into a superhero, because um, like pretty much the only live action Japanese TV show, the only live action Japanese TV show I've seen have been various series of uh, Super Rider. Sentai and Super <laughs> Sentai and Kamen Rider, uh, uh... and wa- watching the English dub of a Japanese TV of, of two Japanese TV shows from the seventies. Um, based on Journey to the West and the Water Margin, <laughs> which is like you know, which is like a live action dub. Oh boy! Um, watching them as a kid, like the whole reason that I read Journey to the West was because I liked this TV show when I was a kid, and then I I got like the box sets on DVD what, for Christmas. A what few an years introduction! Ago. What an interesting way to enter <laughs> into that. Uh... I, I watched it, you know, and, and I was like, and there were parts where I'm watching the dub and thinking, this is veering very close to the wrong side of racism. <laughs> Oh um, yeah, I think it. I think it was they were just trying to like match the mouth, the mouth movement, yeah. so the but cadence comes out a bit a... wrong. But no, yeah. no one does the whole. You know, like you think of what the stereotypical, like mm. racist stereotype of how Asian people talk in English. It's, yes. It never gets like that bad, but but it does some of dip ca- down into it every once in a while. And you're like, uh, yeah. Uh. Some of the some of the, I think it's just it's got like a weird sounding cadence because they're trying to match like Japanese speech patterns in English and structurally japanese and english are very very different languages for sure like so much can be conveyed in J- in japanese in s- such a comparatively small amount of syllables that it can be in english our kids well, we we're, we're a big godzilla family and <laughs> we we will watch subtitles. you realize that i just that i just pictured your entire family as godzillas when you said that yeah i mean it's pretty accurate so <laughs> we'll watch godzilla and we'll watch subtitled ones and we'll do like voice acting like lee and i will take turns doing the we'll read the subtitles you know oh, and like so cool. basically voice act for our kids but then the ones that have dubs when we need like a break we'll watch those <laughs> and they do that where they're trying really hard and they're giving their best except <laughs> have you ever seen the dub for dang it um godzilla versus oh spinny hands guy uh, it's the jet jagger <laughs> film yeah okay have you ever seen the english dub uh, I don't think I have. Oh my god, we're we're getting sidetracked, but it's so <laughs> good, but bad. Like it's so bad, but it's <laughs> so good. You have a grown man doing the voice of pretty much every. Like there's two people doing voices for literally everyone, <laughs> and it's like the same guy who does oh, like wow. the main character does the kid voice, but the kid voice is literally just him doing a high pitched whiny like, "Hey guys, hey guys!" Like it's it's <laughs> so shocking. <laughs> Like, that that's a choice incredible. that was made. It's so amazing. 
I've seen that movie so many times. Are you sure you only did? Sure I only watch you, it as a dub. Are you sure you don't want to make that your official recommendation for this episode instead? <laughs> yes. Now you have to wait another week because I have to go watch the Jet Jagger Godzilla movie because it's a masterpiece. <laughs> and like I, we, my family, like we've legit seen that movie a shit ton. <laughs> All of us just sitting there watching the same movie over and over. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, hey, let's let's rewind it, and start it over. <laughs> That's it. It's Buster's favorite. It's either the Jet Jagger movie or Space Godzilla because it has Baby Godzilla in it. That's it. Those, those are respectable choices. I can appreciate. I don't disagree. So we're cool with um, it. <laughs> the first the first Godzilla movie I ever saw was the English dub of um, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, mm. and the dubbing on that was pretty good. I seem to remember. But then I was like nine so it might have been <laughs> yeah. shit i don't know <laughs> the I... that was the first movie i ever saw where the americans were the bad guys wow really yeah america doesn't come out so hot in a lot of the godzilla movies in a lot Which of japanese media weirdly can't imagine why that might be oh yeah we're always the military <laughs> it's great have you ever seen the animated film spriggan yes i think so i don't remember any of it though but i'm pretty <laughs> sure it was put in front of my face once yeah it was like a early 2000s anime push to dvd type of thing and uh everyone's like it's yeah. the new akita you know <laughs> and i'm like yeah but anyway the bad guy and that's a military general and it's always so good it's so good because every time there's a bad guy who's an american in japanese media they're a general a military general they have gray hair every single time and now next time you watch an anime you're gonna be like who's this gray-haired fellow and they they, and they might be an american general <laughs> every time actually actually weirdly talking about uh dubs um i actually recently uh I, I you know i really wanted to watch um the godzilla movie uh godzilla final wars oh shit yeah <laughs> from the from the from the millennium era yeah and i don't have it on dvd and i just decided i decided to watch it online on on a streaming service that oh. was less than that was less, less than reputable yeah let's say um and they had the Jap- they had the japanese dub uh, and it was subtitled, but it had obviously been ripped from the DVD. And on the DVD, they they like don't subtitle when the non-Japanese characters are talking. Presumably, like on the theory that you know it would be, as far as I understand it, there's there's a dub where all the ca- the Japanese characters speak in Japanese and it's subtitled, but all all the dialogue that's in English is not dubbed, isn't subtitled, yep. and isn't dubbed, which is for the benefit of the you know English speaking audience. Mm-hmm. But the the rip that I found online was the Japanese dub, where all the dialogues in Japanese, the English speaking actors have been overdubbed, but they don't have subtitles. So, okay, so occasionally this like mustachioed army dude in his shield helicopter yeah, yeah. would turn up, and he'd be talking in that you know very kind of deep and gruff Japanese, yeah, you know military voice. But it, and it would be in Japanese, and there would be no subtitles. And I'm just watching that's going, amazing. Wow, I bet what he's saying is important. That's an interesting choice because in the original he's speaking English. So I know. <laughs> to tap over I don't know. I don't know how this has happened. But I'm that a... movie's a hot mess. I love it so much. It's so good. <laughs> That's like the final frontier. People are like I like Godzilla. I'm like, what are your thoughts on Final Wars? And if they're like, I hate it. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> I have. Al- I have already mentally discarded you as a person. Be like, um... we don't need to continue this conversation. <laughs> We're 
Uh, right. This is rapidly turning into a Godzilla oh, yeah, podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so probably, this show... It's probably something that we could do as, like, a separate venture someday, to be honest. Oh, my God. But, um... It'd be really good. Right. So, we have But this show's not dubbed, everyone. This is a, this is a subtitled show <laughs> on Crunchyroll. Bring it back around. Bringing it back into the fold. Oh, um... I, thought, I thought you were saying that this show was dubbed. It's like, how do you do a subtitled podcast? <laughs> No, I thought you were saying this show I that we're recording right now. I meant the Biblia case files. I'm sorry, <laughs> I should have clarified. Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll put a link. Uh, I'll put links uh, in the episode description to um, the series on Crunchyroll. If you have an account on Crunchyroll, you can go and watch it there. You you can watch uh, it without having a Crunchyroll premium as well, but you have to watch um, advertisements, which is terrible. But you know, uh, are they at least Japanese adver- adverts? No, that'd be way better. Boo. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I get that, you know, advertising products to people who physically cannot buy them <laughs> is kind of the opposite of the point of advertising, but that would still be pretty cool. Oh, oh, the best part about traveling is turning on the TV at any given moment and just watching someone else's shit commercials. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. I love it. I mean, it. We, we, used, we used to have, like, entire TV... There was, like, entire genres of TV shows over here, which was a guy would sit in a chair and introduce adverts from other countries. Oh, as like a funny, like funny world's funniest commercials or whatever. A little bit like that. It was kind of like let's all have a good old chuckle yeah, at the foreigns. That was a like, thing in the nineties over here. Yeah, and it would be like let's you know here's a French advert for sweets and oh there's a cow with cartoon breasts <laughs> that you can just see to sell sweets. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I mean, half half the appeal of those shows were occasionally you would see a naked breast. <laughs> You know, I know it's like, kinda, there were people. It's like pre YouTube, YouTube, right? <laughs> there were who... people that I was in school with who would literally just sit. You know, they would sit through German car adverts <laughs> to okay, you know, for, for the chance of maybe seeing a naked breast for three seconds. Oh, that's like National Geographic level of like, come now, like we're good. <laughs> you don't need Phrasing. to be running out National Phrasing. Geographic from the library because you're hoping you'll catch some boobage. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> But understandable. The first, time, the first time we recorded this, we it never sort of took. It didn't take this weird turn. I'm no, kind of glad they, it the, really didn't. It was like on topic and everything. I think it's because we already. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, you know, yeah. Last time there was a lot more sort of like, introduction. Yeah. I think. Um, well, it wasn't just. Here's this thing. It's good. Go read it. Maybe. Here, well, let's talk about Godzilla again. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. So yeah. So. Uh, we have our recommendations. Uh, the Heart of the Steel by Avon Gale and Rowan Parrish, a gay romance novel, which Christy will be reading, has already read. Yes. Uh, and uh, Antiquarian Bookstore or Bookshop. I don't remember which. This bookshop. Uh, b- bookshop. Oh, I'm case files. Right now. <laughs> a um, 2012 yes. Japanese live action television show set in an antiquarian bookshop with a mystery bent. Um, so join us again in two weeks when we will talk about what we thought of them which will we are definitely going to record in two weeks and not immediately the second we stop recording this yeah uh, so bye bye <laughs> you didn't say your catchphrase aloha <laughs> perfect nailed it <laughs>